connect with our Pet Chat team. Firstly, to my left, Dr. David Tabbert. Good afternoon, another, sir. Another cotton shirt. Yes, absolutely. Beautiful weather. Nice Love cotton it. shirt weather. And as we move across, Cheryl Shaw, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And, of course, we kick off with uh, Brooch Watch. Okay. Um, a little parrot there. Is that a parrot or uh, parakeet? Yeah, well, this is it the is. spring weather is when we start seeing all these baby lorikeets That's around. That's completely so true. All of the baby birds are coming is that, out. Is that t- topic? Well, it's the bird count next week. Oh, oh, yes, of course. Of course. Yes, we, we all need to get involved. And we all talk, we, we do, we support yes. Bird Count every year. Yes. Great to be involved. It oh. is. All right, Cheryl, to talk about all of that, plus whatever you, is on your mind, pet-wise, it's a bit of a bird's life today, Cheryl. It is. It's Next week, it's the uh, week of the National Bird Week, and during that period, we have a bird count that's held every year for the last 10 years, and it's called the Aussie Backyard Bird Count. And it's a, a big community event where they ask people to get involved and participate in counting birds. So I've been doing it for a few years, but the 10th year is pretty, you know, it's great mm. that it's been going for such a long time. But in the results of what happens, they count, they get citizens to go out and count birds and you may count them by seeing and counting the numbers or it may be from hearing the sounds or the song of the bird and you count what it is. Now there's an app you can go on and get and it's a free app and it will help you to identify birds. If You, you don't have to be an expert in this area so anybody can do it from elderly right through to young people <laughs> and make a bit of fun out of it. I know Kimberly always gets involved. Have you participated David? Oh yeah. Yeah. Every year. Every year? Well, he's yeah. got the app. He's I've got the app. Us the you've app. Got, oh, you've got the app on the downloaded phone Downloaded the app. You've downloaded. Yeah. Now, there's opportunities for people to win prizes as well. Oh, now I'm now very you're interested. Yeah, have the, is this this app for this year or last year's? No, you're, you're correct. I need to update my app. Okay. So <laughs> we need to update that app. And one of the things that is really interesting, why they do it, it's, it's a citizen science um, event, and why they do it is to see what birds are living <clears throat> in what areas. Now, we've had a lot. Last year there was a lot of rain and a lot of birds did move out of the areas they were in. Previously we've had droughts and birds have moved. And what they want to achieve out of this is to register how many birds are in certain areas and if they are migrating to different areas and how they can get along with people in the environment that that they're living with and sharing with the the humans so what you do you go out and you spend 20 minutes so it's just one 20 minute session and you can do this in your backyard or you can go to a park you can go to the beach you can be on your boat it doesn't really matter where you're doing it and you just count the birds that you see or hear and then you um you submit your entry and of what the count was and go from there. But interestingly, the bird that has held number one spot for the most counted birds for the last 10 years has been the rainbow lorikeet. Ah, and so, hence, your brooch. That's it. Well done. Yes. So the rainbow lorikeets, they are everywhere and they, they're quite noisy birds, so they're an easy one to count and to see, but they are beautiful. But um, I th- found also very interesting that in the top 10 birds from the last year's count, the um, house sparrow was in. Now, I haven't seen a house sparrow for such a long time. Right. Okay. Do you have them in your area? Um, well, see, this is the thing with and the beauty of the app is if you don't know what the bird is, the app actually helps you to identify yes. the bird by its uh, size, shape and colour 
and you just put that in to the app. There's a, a pick list where you can yep. select those things. It knows the area that you're in, and then it gives you a description and some pictures. And so you can actually go, oh, well, that's the difference between what have I got here? The Australian painted snipe and the Australian pied oyster catcher. Oh, he sounds nice. Well, and of course, all the bird watchers out there are like, um, how could you make a mistake between those two? But it's just because alphabetically they come together. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think one of the good things about it is you don't have to be an expert. Well, that's it. And, uh, and I yeah. think that's a really nice thing that people can get involved in this and feel that they're doing a community event. And it runs from Monday through to Sunday. And so, you know, just select some time, go out and count some birds and, and be part of this wonderful event. Mm. Pet Chat is the name of the game. Cheryl Shaw is here, as is Dr David Tabbert. Good afternoon, Kath at Madawa. Your uh, dogs and lawn not getting along so well. What's happening? Oh, yeah, no. I just, um, you can't be there all the time, you know, to catch them doing. I've just got, um, I've only got a small little backyard, like an, inter- an interior yard. I'm on an acre, but I've got this other smaller yard. And um, it's just been burnt to bits in spots. I've got spots everywhere. And mm. I heard there was a rock um, you can put into the their water, drinking water, and I was wondering, does that work? Is that a successful remedy or not? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Kath. Um, I have heard about the dog rocks, and what they are supposed to do is neutralise the ammonia in their urine. It's certainly worth a try. Um, it, you just place a couple of the rocks into the dog's water bowl, and when they're drinking that water, it's um, helping to, to just lessen the amount of ammonia in the, the urine. And so what, you, you just buy them at a, a pet shop? Or yeah, a, a lot of your vets and pet shops have them, so it's just a matter of um, buying a bag. They come in a couple of different sizes, but if you start oh, okay. off with a small bag, yeah. and um, they last quite a long time, so it would be worth trying it. All right, I, I heard about it, and I wasn't sure whether it was just a fallacy or, or actually worked. And my other question was, I've got two little boys, um, they're just, just five months and a bit old, and when is the best time to have them muted? I, I thought maybe it'd leave it a bit longer until all their waterworks were sort of uh, matured and sorted and everything, so there were no later problems there as well. Or is it no, for, six month age anyway? Certainly for male dogs, there's been, there there have been conversations and controversies probably going a bit too far, but uh, conversations and differing opinions and and evidence for some uh, breeds to have delayed desexing for female dogs mm-hmm. but for male dogs generally we're going to stick with that kind of five to six months of age yeah they've um, developed really quickly and i was just yeah. wondering um i'll probably yeah they're probably they're born on the third of may so they're, they're right up there as far oh, as yeah. age is concerned yeah. and i think well they're probably ready and there's okay. there's also yeah, good other than um, that. I, um, yep. they're not a problem. So I just I just a few things I was interested in and finding out about. Yeah, no worries. Okay. Appreciate that, Thank, Kath. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yep. All right. Best of luck with everything, Kath. Four nine two one six two one six. Now uh, we did have Megan, but Megan uh, dropped off a bit there. Dave, this is a question for you since you're all over this bird app. Um, to I've know, just updated. It's just Mark. updated. It's just updated the app. To, it's still circling around, or it's updated. No, no, it's updated. No, it's not it's asking good. you to log in again, is it? Because yeah, that's always a problem. It's asking again. Um, anyway, how do we identify birds by sound? Is that a thing you can do on the app? Uh, I've had to update my app. 
because the last one. But you one, did this last year, didn't you? No, but I no? didn't. It didn't have the bird sound oh, on there. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. But I remember a version a few years ago which did have, when you touch the species of bird, it gave you a recording of the sound. So I'll have yes. to double check. Oh, how cool yeah. is that? But, um, but generally, if you look at, uh, you know, size of the bird, you may not be able to get a really good picture. Like you wouldn't see them, but you could hear them and you go, oh, there they are, but they're small or, and they're green, right? Maybe they had to take the sounds off because they'd actually um, inadvertently recorded like a mating call or something and then the birds well, would just come over to you. Yeah, I don't know, don't but know. it's worth checking out. And go and have an explore. So when you actually do uh, download the app, it asks you to register so that we know where the, the data is coming from and so that, you know, we're not uh, getting, you're not registering multiple accounts, for instance, as well. Oh, that's, a, that's a good tip yeah. from Mr. Technology over there, <laughs> Dr. David Tabbert. How do you turn it on? Good afternoon, Gail at Head and Greeter. Your six-month-old Jack Russell uh, is biting away there. That's a story, yeah? Yes, it is. Well, it's not hard. Now, she plays with her mother, and her whole life has been one big play game. Yeah. And so she bites her mum. But when you want to say hello to her, I have to keep saying softly, softly, or quieten her down. I'm wondering if it's because she's still teasing. She has these huge spikes. Mm. You know, we're tempted to call her Dracula um, <laughs> while the other ones are growing. So I'm wondering if it's because she's still teasing. She's not biting down hard. And to her, it's just part of the game. But I, I don't know how to stop her. So, a um, couple of things. I'm worried that she'll keep doing it when she yes. gets a little bit older. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm certain that she'll keep doing it when she's a little bit older um, yeah. if we don't do some things differently. Um, right. First question is, did you do puppy preschool with her? Sorry, puppy? Preschool, preschool. when she was about three or four months of age? Oh, no, no. Okay. Um, we, we've been going to training class. Oh, okay. Um, for, for um, you know, walking and doing things like that. But, um, no, they, they were rescue dogs. Um, the mother was from a... One of those. Oh, um, I see. Okay. Farms. Yep. And um, so we bought her, and we got we got the mother and one of the. Um, she had six puppies, and so we got one of the puppies. Right. And so she's had her mother to play with. All. You have no idea how fast they are. They fly around the garden like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, they're terrors, they're aren't great. they? They're <laughs> great. They're not barky with neighbours or anything, which is great. And the mother is the gentlest soul ever. But the daughter, as I say, she her whole life is one big play game. Yep. And um, apart from tapping her on the nose, and I'm not trying to be vicious or nasty about it, but it's the only way I can stop her and sort of looking at her and say, no, and she'll finally, but she doesn't, she still forgets that. So next time you see her, the first thing she does is she wants to say hello. She wants, she wants to be friendly, but she doesn't realise that her teeth are sharp. So you're absolutely correct, this behaviour has emerged from play behaviour, and that's normal. However, it's not acceptable, and so we do need to stop it. Now, the problem with taps on the nose and, and rousing on her and things like that is that she has the intellectual capacity, and I know some dogs are smart, but she has the intellectual capacity of a two-year-old and probably right. less, and so we're going to get into trouble. The other thing is that you're reacting after the event. 
okay? Mm -hmm. And so whenever you do behavior change, it's far better to change the circumstances before the behavior occurs. So you need to realize when that's happening. Now, you've already said there's play behavior and it's, you know, you're talking to her or you reach down and then she runs up and gives you that nip which, right, is she's not drawing blood and things like that, but it is oh, no, inappropriate she's not drawing behavior. Blood. She's not nipping you, it's just she's mouthing, mouthing you. yes. For want of a better word. Yeah, rather, than, I'm not, she's not actually biting, she's mouthing. But she's got sharp teeth, and, and I think, if I don't stop it now, she's going to keep going. Yeah, right. so a couple of things, and the reason I asked about puppy preschool is because with my dogs, when we went to puppy preschool, which was three, four months of age, this was one of the lessons, and so it's useful to just simply see if we can introduce this type of lesson where we get the dog does that. We want to let out a very loud yelp, like the person yelp, and that, that will startle the dog, okay? They usually will let go, and that's the point when you give them a treat because then it's they're re- responding and they're actually sitting back, Okay. And then the other episode is like um, uh, any sort of play behavior, just as soon as you start to see her behavior go towards that mouthing, distraction, like get her to do something else, give her a toy to go and play with, um, or just get her to sit for you. And as soon as she does that, she gets a treat. And so we want to change the circumstances and you want to create a reward structure for her that is based around good behavior rather than punishment for what we term bad behavior. Gail, best of luck there. And good afternoon, Joan at Caves Beach. Uh, Similar situation, I'm guessing, your 16-year-old Chihuahua. Yours is drawing blood, though. Uh, Yes. Uh, Not on me yet, but he certainly um, dug his teeth in. But on my husband, he has drawn (laughs) drawn blood a couple of times. Oh, no. Yeah, so we've only had him probably four weeks, um, yep. and we inherit we adopted him from a couple that couldn't keep him, and so he's I think he's sixteen or seventeen weeks old now, and um, yeah, so the play is biting, and he bites quite hard, um, and he gets right into his back teeth, and yeah, yes. just don't know how to stop him. <laughs> and and one of the things with both uh, Gail in the previous calling your little dog, as I said, this mouth behaviour is the normal way for the dog to experience the world, mm. but again, inappropriate. Now, you do have a bit of an advantage compared to Gail's situation because your dog is a lot younger. Mm. And I guess the... Um, the question is, how much do you really love your husband? Are we annoyed about the blood being drawn? Or No, the question is, what the next step is, is getting into that training situation. And I would, if you haven't already, 16 weeks is still uh, of an age where you could be doing puppy preschool. Yep, okay. Um, and I would 1,000% um, encourage you to make sure that you get along to puppy preschool not just for these kind of lessons, which is what you learn, but it's also the social structure and the, the social behaviour and seeing other dogs behave in a, in a um, more appropriate way will help mm. your dog to behave in a more appropriate way. Okay. So okay. You, you should be able to Sounds get it good. under control pretty quickly by because of the age and getting into that puppy preschool. All right, best of luck there uh, Joan and Gail, more calls on the way Good times, great music and pet chat right now at 2NURFM 103.7. Cheryl Shaw is here as is Dr David Tabbert who's almost worked out 
his uh, new app that he's updated, the bird <laughs> app. You, f- you figured it out yet, mate? You were messing around with it a minute ago there. I had to turn off airplane mode. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> why won't this app update? Oh, no. well, effectively, my phone's turned off. Good afternoon, Denise at Rutherford. You've uh, rescued a feral cat and having trouble uh, getting it wormed out. That's the story, yeah? Yes. Um, I, rescued, I got him from the um, cat and dog rescue centre. Yep. Um, and he was very feral. He's starting to come around a bit, but I still can't touch him. He's not still not that yes. trusting. Um, but no matter what I've tried to give him to worm him, he's got a nose, I think, stronger than a dog's. Mm. Because oh, yeah. Yes, and he'll flick his tail and run off. So how long have you had this kitty for now? Uh, since April. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. So you're getting a little bit closer. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he will let... Uh, I buy them the um, treats and I give them one every day at lunchtime. I adopted a little female with him, but I can pat her. She's very good. I can't yes. pick her up, but she lets me pat her. Um, and they will come and lick this treat off my finger. Yep. And I've tried to put tablets in that. Um, but he sniffs them out. Yeah, that's not going to work. There is um, some products that we've used in the past, and I'm a little bit out of practice with uh, general preventative medicine, particularly for feral cats. Um, But there are wormers designed for kittens that are a paste that you can actually put onto their coat, like on their paw, and squeeze it on, and then they'll sit and groom it because they don't like things being on their coat, and they'll ingest it that way. Um, and I'm wondering, I might double-check with some of the other uh, vets who work on the show and give you an update on the Facebook group or something for to when you are, but um, about some of the more recent um, preventatives that we use whether there's any other products because I'm just drawing a bit of a blank at the moment. But the, the wormers that you get as a paste might be worthwhile. Um, and I think over time, look, it's important to obviously maintain good health by using those preventatives and things like that. But um, you've also got to make sure that everything else is working well. And I don't want anybody to get uh, have blood drawn or scratches or cause any sort of psychological trauma to you or the cat. Um, well, that's what I was trying to yes. avoid. No, we don't I, want to do that. I don't want to traumatise him anymore because yeah. I asked the place where I got him from. They said they catch them with the net. Now, I'm not going to do that to him. No, but that doesn't even solve the problem because it's one thing to have them restrained, but I've and I've been in the circumstance where we've tried to worm uh, a cat and the, if they don't want it, that you're not going to get it down. No. It's it's just going to cause more grief for everybody and possibly quite significant blood loss. And so let's not do that. But have a look at the um, the worming pace. And I do know that there's some, and as I said, we put them on the coat for cats and that if, you know, it's on his coat, he'll lick it off. He might not swallow very much, but maybe that'll help. And I'll see what other information we can find. So keep an eye on um, 
on to into our Facebook page and we'll get some info for you. All right, we'll see what we can come up with. Thanks so, so much, Denise. Best of luck. And we've got a couple of minutes left, so if you have a question for our team, Cheryl Shaw and Dr. David Tabbert, who's finally got that app working, but I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you. Aeroplane mode off. <laughs> You'll be able to walk out into the car park identifying birds all over the place. Yeah, yeah I know. It's Magpie. There's a kookaburra. There's <laughs> an owl that sits on the step, uh, on the... Uh, uh, on the, the, the walkway on the outside, on the really? fire escape steps, yeah. Well, I'll come back next Monday and record yeah. it. Well, yep, so there's one. We've Count. got our first bird. <laughs> Good afternoon, Glenn at East Maitland. looks like your cat and some other cats have got some territory issues. What's the story? Yeah, our, our cat's about nine-year-old and it's in, always inside. Yep. But just lately, I don't know whether someone's moved into the area and got a cat, but it's just climbs up the screen door during early hours of the morning and agitates our cat mm. and and then it urinates against the door and it also does the same with the garage door and if I happen to leave the car out it does the same on the front of the car and I'm just wondering mm. is there something I can get to deter it but yeah so do you only have the one cat Glenn yeah, yes only one okay and he's inside all the time you inside, said yes yep. all the time how many litter trays do you have one. Get another one. Get another one. Um, yeah. <laughs> and is your cat peeing elsewhere at the moment, or is he no, just only stirred in, up? The, in the litter tray? Okay. Yeah. So, because there's a couple of ways to tackle this problem, but the first one is get another litter uh, tray, have it somewhere else in the house. Um, always, my rule is one tray per cat plus one. So yeah. one cat, two trays, two cats, three trays. <laughs> so that's the first thing. Yeah. Second thing is get some Feliway that you can get from pet stores in your vet. Feliway is a, um, a pheromone derived for cats that is a calming effect on your cat. Yeah. Okay. Now, it comes in a couple of different forms, um, as in you can get a spray bottle or you can get this uh, room diffuser that you plug into a PowerPoint and it will just fill the room. Um, you can't smell it, but it will help your cat to stay calm. So that's all the inside stuff. Outside, um, there's there's li limited stuff you can do. Oh, I, obviously, cats don't tend to respect the fence and the boundary. Yeah. Um, so it's usually around uh, persuading the cat to go elsewhere. If the cat is constantly on your territory and causing trouble, um, and I'd have to check the local laws, but you can report it to council. And it, okay. it, it is a problem cat. Yep. So that if you, you know, if the cat's got a collar or something, you could find out where it is and perhaps suggest to the owners that they need to make sure the cat stays inside at night. But otherwise, I would also consider talking to council. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. When I um, open the door, because the, the, sometimes it sits a sensor light out and it's a black and white cat, oh, but yeah. as I say, it could be, well, I don't know, it could come from couple of houses away or someone else might have oh, been yeah. in the area. Could be a fair way. Yeah. yeah. There's another thing you can try, Glenn, just on the outside. A lot of cats don't like citrus peel, so you can cut mm. up your oranges and lemons and things like that, oh, place yeah. them around the door or where you know he's urinating, and just give that a try. But at the moment, a lot of cats are out mating, so this is a season that they're oh, really, really <laughs> active and, you know, they're... they're they're quite um, ruthless at the moment with what they do to other cats. So, so there is a chance that with the season changing yes. in a couple of months, whatever, yeah. that you might find this cat disappears. But certainly want to um, try the citrus peel. That's a great idea. Yeah. All right, then. OK. 
Caden. Thanks very right. much for your time. No worries. Thanks, right. Glenn. Yeah, best of luck, Glenn. Got a couple of minutes left. We, if we can get a, a straggler or two through, 49216216 for Pet Chat today. But in the meanwhile, team, it's time to have a look at our dog and cat of the week. We'll start with our dog. This is Kai, a three-month-old Ridgeback. Uh, so uh, this will end up being a big, big dog. dog, yeah. Mm. Something that Cheryl might be able to take her. I'm not taking any more dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Needs that exercise. Now at the moment, Kai is pretty happy, affectionate, uh, loves people and other dogs, loves uh, the affection that you can give her as well. Um, Needs someone obviously with that time to dedicate to training, uh, so that we can keep that well manners there. And uh, yes, uh, will benefit from puppy school, obedience classes, etc. Um, gang, thoughts on these type of dogs? Oh, very popular, mm. very popular. But the, the important thing, which I really love there, is about the emphasis on puppy school and mm-hmm. obedience and training because we do want to make sure, and it's true for small dogs as well, but certainly for big dogs, want to make sure that we have good habits and good social habits before they um, settle into a home. Absolutely. And uh, just a quick one on Kai as well, not yet desexed. We've got our cat of the week as well, who, uh, interesting name, Katniss. A uh, playful little cat, loves uh, other cats, uh, loves food, isn't fussy. How good is that? Mm. You just throw any old cat food down and she'll take it. <laughs> oh. um, loves a bit of attention. You just can't sort of leap out at her. That's all. It does you're get not, You're not really a cat owner, are you, Mark? Oh, no, I'm, no, I I'm... leap out at my cat. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> Well, that would give you a bit of a laugh when you see the cat just run up the wall. You know? For sure. Um, so anyway, we've got a point is we've got a nice uh, dog and a nice cat of the week for you. Uh, I there love the well. name Katniss. Oh, what a great, what a great name! Yeah. It is a great name. All right, uh, last one for the day. Good afternoon, Nicole. Your bulldog has a very interesting uh, culinary taste. What's going yes. on there, Nicole? Yes, he just seems to be eating. Like he, if as soon as our other bulldog does a poo. Our pup goes along and eats her poo, like eats bits and pieces of her poo. It's disgusting, and it's like I'm. Tr- I've tried a few things, spoke to our local vet, but nothing deters him. Um, normal, <laughs> normal behaviour. <laughs> Everything's normal, right, for dogs. It's terrible. Then he wants to come and give you kisses. Oh yes, I know, but he's a bulldog. He's gorgeous. Exactly. Exactly. Um, how well, old? How old is he, Nicole? He was one yesterday. Okay. Oh, he's a bit older. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just going to say, one of the most important things of doing to prevent this habit is by to make sure that you're cleaning up the instant mm. that the dog has gone to the toilet. Because a lot of dogs feel very threatened when there's feces around. And that's oh. one, of the, one of the things that they do is um, because they are feeling threatened or intimidated, oh. they'll sometimes um, start cleaning up the area. And it's really important to clean it up as quickly as you can so you can break that habit. Right, okay, yeah, I, we do pick up as quickly usually as we can, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just and that's hanging, hanging around the back with a, a bag, that'll be good. Hanging yeah. around the back. <laughs> All right, best of luck, Nicole, and uh, particularly if uh, you're getting those uh, doggy kisses. That's, they're not the kind you want. Mm, no. 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 <laughs> Guys, we've run out of time. Cheryl Shaw, as always, thank you. We've you, we got a different one for you today, of course, the birds. Yes, and uh, you've got David onto that app. He's I've, updated nearly, I've nearly registered. <laughs> nearly registered. <laughs> nearly? Not quite? I'm working on it. All right, He's he probably trying to win the prizes. Oh, yes. Oh, you go straight for the prize page, you reckon. Mm. That's yeah. the way to go. Yeah. Get involved. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It. It Count starts, those birds. It starts, it's important. Uh, starts next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>